0: Welcome to episode 519 of Troubadours and Raconteurs with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature an enchanting conversation with writer, humorist, novelist, Iris Smiles. We talk about growing up in Long Island, James Thurber, Milan Kundera. Being melancholy, she reads a passage from her newest book titled Droll Tales. We discuss Jack Handy, The Stench of Honolulu, Thomas Mann, Sadness, Saul Bellow, Patricia Marks. Her process, Timothy Kreider, Sad Film Festival Movies, a Fellowship of the Sorrowful. Poems that rhyme, Chekhov. She runs across the room, and we capture that. And Raoul, captured by savages. Among other things, a really wonderful conversation with Iris smiles this go-round. We have an essay titled Hugs, and we share a poem by Iris titled Loss, as published in the April 10th 2023 edition of the new yorker magazine we have an ew poem called blossoms 2. all of this of course will be infused imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes it is so nice to be with you let's get to it then episode 519 of troubadours and rock on tours
1: April when it's 60 and the snow is melting fast it's still shady in the morning when you're laughing in your t-shirt running past In Tompkins Square Park a couple is meeting say what you want but I feel my heart beating cuz I love springtime in New York Springtime in New York, I do Springtime in New York When it's May and the leaves are on the trees When demolishing a building Brings the smell of 1890 to the breeze On First Avenue Our couple is fighting Springtime is wild, New York is exciting, and I love springtime in New York, springtime
0: Disease of ignorance, stupidity, and greed spreads across the earth. Human in origin. I am not sure these traits can be found within other species. I suppose it is because they don't have our capabilities. Gun fire from law enforcement, shooting into pristine mountains to get their rocks off, and for monthly certifications, so that they are ready for Armageddon on Main Street of the small towns that pay them. Do you find any humor in this? We could use a wickedly intelligent snide remark right about now, for the absurdity of the multitude who want to be leaders is quite depressing. Sweet spring rain inside the warm sunshine fuels me to the marrow, thankfully, as I try to figure a way through the so-called straight and narrow. I just read a poem in a magazine about loss, and it saved me for a minute. Perhaps Father hugged the Bible wearing black-polished wingtips or football star chief of police and flat-top backslapper, county commissioner on the fleece can take care of business. That poem, though. Our yin nature and the poets sitting back, taking a nap under the blue skies into the moon and stars. Someone please put it all into smarter perspective with some soul and heart that will inspire and make a smile bigger than the small and deeper than the ugly. Hello, Hello, Irish Smiles. Is that you?
2: H- Hello, Mr. Uh, or is it Count Demure?
0: <laughs> Count sounds wonderful.
2: Now, have I pressed the wrong button? Was I supposed to press the other button that was strictly audio? <laughs> did I press the right button this time?
0: I think you did. <laughs> yeah, you're pressing all the right buttons.
2: Oh, okay. I'm not that tech savvy. You know, if there's two buttons, I get really confused. <laughs>
0: Iris Smiles here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, and uh, I appreciate you taking some time out to talk with us. And uh, we're starting off with humor, which is awesome. Let me let me share a little background information uh, with the listeners before we get into it. So Iris Smiles is the author of Iris Has Free Time, Soft Skull Press 2013, which Forbes called an instant classic, a smart, funny, wise, and sometimes heartbreaking book about a slowly fizzling love affair with youth, and is also the author of Dating Tips for the Unemployed, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt 2016, a semifinalist for the Thurber Prize for American Humor. Her essays and stories have appeared in The New Yorker, The New York Times, The Atlantic, Vogue, Bomb, Paris Review Daily, and The Baffler, among other publications, and have been anthologized in Best American Travel Writing, 2016, True Tales of Love and Lust, Heads and Tails, and Icons in Ash, Human Portraits. Ms. Smiles edited and wrote the afterword for the cult book, The Capricious Critic, by Ari Martin Samsky, a collection of humorous essays she commissioned for her web museum, Smiles and Fish. Her third book, Droll Tales, Turtle Point Press, July 2022, has been described as delightfully weird. She lives in New York and Greece. Troubadours and Raton Tours is very excited to have on the program, Iris Smiles. And I have to say, what a nice name that is, Iris Smiles.
2: Thank you. I'll, I'll tell my parents you're pleased. It was <laughs> they who gave it to me.
0: Really, that's not like uh, uh, something you came up with just for your writing, you know, career, your stage name, so to speak?
2: Uh, no, and it's sort of, sometimes I feel like it's a little too on the, on the nose, and I'm a little embarrassed by it. Thank God it's at least misspelled with a Y, otherwise it would be awful. You know, I might as well be wearing a clown nose <laughs> or <a> rainbow suspenders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're talking to you now. Are you in New York or Greece?
2: I'm in New York.
0: Uh, which borough?
2: I'm in Suffolk County oh, Suffolk. Uh, beautiful. on the
0: tip of Long Island. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, were you, I want to get into some background info. Were you born and raised around that area or did you migrate?
2: Well, I've, I've migrated slightly. I was born and raised in Long Island and, um, in Dix Hills, which is where John Coltrane went to die, and also where LL Cool J lived at some point. So just in case you think, where's Dix Hills? That's not an important place. Well, there you are.
0: Ladies love Cool James. Yeah, I love it. That's right.
2: And also, our local mall was the Walt Whitman Mall, which everyone was very excited uh, in high school when we learned that uh, there was this poet who was named after our mall. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I grew up in Dix Hills and then uh, moved to uh, New York City as soon as I could uh, at 18 to go to college and remained there for my whole life after and uh, now I am I've uh, decamped back out to the eastern tip of Long Island
0: and and did you uh, when you were a kid I I noted that you won uh, the or not won but eventually you will I'm sure uh, the Thurber Prize you were a semi-finalist when you were a kid did um, that great American humorist James Thurber uh, get presented to you like the secret life of Walter Mitty or something and then you're like wow this is I love this
2: um, I wasn't so precocious, uh, so I was not reading uh, Thurber when I, was, when I was a kid, although the first time, I used to work as a, as a teacher for a little while, um, a grade school teacher, and my first, um, let's say, teacher audition, they had a teacher shortage in the city, so they were inviting people with no qualifications in to sort of, you know, give it a go. And they put me in a room with all of these kids. I had to prepare a lesson. And I thought, you know what these kids are just gonna love? The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Anyway, uh, thinking that they could relate to you know, a middle-aged man whose uh, wife is a, a tyrant <laughs> <laughs> and who's escaping into a fantasy world. Anyway, so it turns out it's not kids material. They were not, they were not into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, what grade was that?
2: I was teach. let's see, that was a sixth grade, a sixth or seventh grade class. I, I, I can't remember the various abuses they yelled at me. Uh, many of them were quite comical, though, so in that way it was appropriate.
0: I, I was, I think, in eighth grade when I read it. And my my uh, English teacher, Mr. McAllister, gave it to us to read, and I loved it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a, I am was a weird eighth grader, but I thought it was hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm sophisticated man obviously and always have been (laughs) thank Um, you i do love james thurber though i came to him uh, much much later as an adult actually one of my favorite stories is called one is a wanderer which is really not funny at all um incidentally um i mean i guess there's a kind of gentle irony to it which you could say counts as humorous but yeah i love james thurber
0: did you ever read his uh, autobiography? I think he wrote it when he was 33, uh, My Life in Hard Times.
2: Yes, it's wonderful.
0: Oh, it is. I love that. And the drawings that go along with it, too. Fantastic. Yes,
2: the drawings are fantastic. Apparently, he took a lot of abuse at The New Yorker when they started publishing those cartoons from um, actual trained artists who said he didn't know how to draw, which w- what is what they believed. But then, uh, a couple years ago, I saw some, apparently he was trained, and I saw some earlier drawings of of his, uh, that were really skilled, which, so so what I, what I'm saying is what everyone took for his lack of skill was a, was a purposeful effect. You know, it's as if to suggest Picasso couldn't do figuration. So he had to do cubism,
0: right? That's a great way to, to compare. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when, when I, I was younger, I lived in Columbus for a little while and that's where he was raised and a lot of his, uh, his stories, they, he uses neighborhoods in Columbus, Ohio, and that just makes them even more um, powerful for me, you know, because I can, I can uh, picture those streets he's referencing. It's pretty neat.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that in, uh, in books and movies when you recognize a, a specific place. I still love seeing, yeah, I think I love Ghostbusters for that reason, just uh, seeing glimpses of New York City.
0: Oh, yeah, Definitely. Now, one thing we're, we're, we could talk about all kind, all your influences. I mean, we're mentioning James Thurber. Any other influences?
2: Well, uh, sure. I, and again, I don't know that James Thurber was an influence.
0: Okay, I'm I was a, presumptuous a, there. Sorry.
2: I'm a fan. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say ascribe an influence. I, I guess I, I maybe. Well, this sounds out of left field, but Kundra is a big influence, perhaps because Me, I Milan? like. Milan? Uh, yes. Uh, I like the way that he is um, always engaging, often uh, funny and ironic, but is kind of always seeking and incorporates ideas. And so he has this structure of kind of his books are sort of almost his novels are, are kind of like essays, you might say, or musical movements. I, I like the way that he invents his own own structure. And it, it's it's not anything like it's not like anything else. And I really appreciate him as a generalist you learn about music from him and literature and art uh, you know through a story that he's telling and and how those things come into it and so I think that's just kind of wonderful I like writers who sort of think on the page so that you can think with them
0: yeah I I happen to have read a lot of Kundra too uh, and I, I realize from critics, and I, I guess I agree too, but I'm not an expert. I'm a novice. Uh, critics believe that he writes or creates great female characters. Would you agree with that?
2: Um, I, I, I don't, I, I suppose. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I, 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 when I, when I um, have read him, I never really wasn't thinking, wow, this female character is really great. I just kind of loved all of it. So, um, I guess so it didn't stand out to me as bad, but I, I, I liked the male characters as well. So I kind of, I liked all of it. So,
0: yeah, I hear you. I guess for me, I was a young man when I was reading, uh, Kundra in my twenties and I'd always be compelled at least if not, I fall in love with a lot of the female characters he creates. So as a heterosexual male, that's the way it affected me. But I was just wondering, you know, if what I had read about Kundra uh, Milan was, was accurate from your perspective, um, yeah, he, overall, he, he was one of my favorite, too. Uh, and in, in when you when you look at back to humorists, another thing that I hear, again, you're an expert in these areas. You're the real deal. I'm just interviewing you, so please excuse my ignorance um, and point it out for the listeners. Uh, a lot of humorists usually are looked at or they they've been analyzed as as maybe to a great extent, melancholy, you know, that's their general MO and they get out of it or struggle through it by writing humorous pieces. Do you think that's accurate? Is that, is that your uh, experience personally as well?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, I, I think that you, yeah, I think to be funny, you have to sort of be prone to some sadness, um, Absolutely. Uh, But I don't know if it's about getting I I mean, personally, I'm very mistrustful of anything that lacks humor because I think it's a little it's failing to see the kind of the whole picture. I mean, the world is full of irony. So um, my many of my favorite writers, I wouldn't I I would say there's a distinction between a a humorist and and an author who writes uh, funny. Um, So you know, a humorist is, I guess, someone who, a a book that is expressly set out to make you laugh and really give you nothing more. One book recently that I absolutely loved on that order, though I don't don't generally like uh, humorists exclusively, is Jack Handy's The Stench of Honolulu, Mm -hmm. which is so hilarious you know he's the one who writes those who are used to write the deep thoughts for saturday night live
0: yeah that's what i was thinking yep.
2: i was reluctant to read it because i thought oh it's just going to be a humor book and it usually you laugh a little and then for me i get a little bored when there's nothing more but this is a tale of high adventure and absurdity and it's uh, it's very inventive but otherwise i prefer i guess um i think thomas Mann is very funny but often not talk to people you wouldn't call him a humorist but his, his books are full of humor Donald Barthelme was often mistakenly called a humorist and I think that really belies the depth of his work um, one of his collections of short stories he actually called sadness and he still couldn't get the critics to take him seriously <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love Barthelme as well and again very funny Saul Bellow is really funny one of my favorite writers And um, also as a a contemporary, I love Patricia Marks, who does write uh, sometimes exclusively humor pieces for The New Yorker. But she has two novels, Him, Her, Him, Again, The End of Him, and Starting from Happy, which have a lot of heart to them and and smarts. And they're they're not at all simply humorous. So those are some great writers who are all full of sadness.
0: And yourself, then you wouldn't consider yourself uh, just a humorist. You write funny pieces.
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I rarely set out to write anything uh, just just funny. Um, sometimes, but rarely. I I don't know if I'd be that that good at it. I'd have to have uh, the jokes would have to be closer together or something. But yeah, usually. I mean, I, I'm pretty serious with my with my intention. Usually I start out with something that I'm kind of searching for and, uh, often it's
0: funny. So yeah, you just, you kind of go with it in a way. I don't want to overuse this term, but it's sort of you sit down, I'm going to write something and, and you have an idea and then you build off that idea or you just sit down at a blank page and see what flows out of you or maybe a combination.
2: Um, sometimes, yeah, a combination. I, I, I rarely sit down and just see what see what happens. Usually, I'll start with something, maybe a line that I have in my in my head, uh, or you know, an idea for a story, some scene that I'm seeing, or some character, or maybe an idea that I want to explore. Um,
0: I'm I'm wondering if you know a guy that I know. I wouldn't call him a friend, but we've we've crossed paths. I've had him on the show, and I think you guys probably have crossed paths. At least you've written for similar. Uh, Periodicals. Uh, Timothy Kreider. Do you know Timothy?
2: Oh, is that how you pronounce his name?
0: That's the way, Yeah. How do you? Uh, yeah. Pretty <laughs> I've sure.
2: I've read two of his books of essays, which I really liked very much. He's wonderful. Yeah. I, I like similarly. Yes. He's he's very funny, but he's very he's very uh, underneath. It's 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 not about it's not really about getting a laugh. You sort of laugh along the way because life is funny, uh, but. But he's quite, he's quite serious. He approaches a lot of serious topics. And there's yeah there's a lot of, a lot of depth to his, um, his essays, are, are what I've read.
0: Yeah, um, we've, we've, We Learned Nothing, I think, was the one book. And the other one was I Wrote This Because I Love You. Those are the two yes.
1: um,
0: that I've read. Now, thank you for chiming in on him. You guys should get together. You probably have a ball sitting down and having a cup of coffee or a beer. I, I, honestly, I, I've hung out with him. I haven't hung out with you. He's a lot of fun. And he is, he is a bit melancholy. I think he would, he would agree. But uh, underneath it all, he does see the absurdity um, and kind of tries to point it out, uh, when we're hanging out at least, a few times we did. Um, you know, with this, also this idea of, of, people talk a lot about humorists
2: being uh, sad or comedians being sad. Um, and so I wonder about the reverse. Sometimes when I see these very humorless, movies or read these humorless books that are just, you know, it's just one bleak thing after another. It's sort of cancer, suicide, murder fest, you know, <laughs> um, and I guess that often passes for seriousness. Uh, I don't agree. I think what, what is serious is, you know, when, when someone is in, engaging intelligently with ideas and, and, funny requires a, another layer, but, um, Sometimes when I see that, I wonder these those who are writing these very, very sad kind of, you know, film festival movies, are they actually really lighthearted, happy go lucky people who in their work are trying to escape their uh, carelessness by by writing about tragedy uh, in in the same way that the lore is that uh, funny uh, comedians are trying to escape their misery through laughter?
0: That's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, well, you know, that leads me to something that my associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavise, wanted me to ask you. <clears throat> he loves a phrase from uh, your Droll Tales video, uh, and he wants to know, he wanted me to ask you, are you a member of the Fellowship of the Sorrowful?
2: Well, yes, I think we all are. Um, all people are that is uh, a line from a story in the book droll tales uh, from oh lost uh, we are a fellowship of the sorrowful what i was thinking about there is something i, I often go back to is that the, the buddha saying that all life is sorrowful and this idea that to be alive is to be in pain that's the human condition um and so that goes hand in hand with the other when this this sort of cult group is talking about themselves they say we are a fellowship of the sorrowful and holy tellers of the knock knock joke which you might not think go together but i guess you can see how i imagine they would given what i've just said about humor and sadness so yes i personally am a i'm a sad person but i i feel like that's what connects me to the rest of to everybody else. I think it's what we all have in common is
0: pain. Well, and, and, joy. <laughs> and what?
2: And joy, of course.
0: Yeah. Without one, you can't have the other, right? That goes back to the Buddhism. You, you can't know one unless you know the other. Exactly. So we're talking with Irish smiles, American writer. I don't know. I mean, a writer, you're, it's not, it's not fiction. It's not necessarily humor, but it is humorous. Uh, How should I bill you? Writer?
2: I do write fiction. Yes, Droll Tales is quite fictional.
3: Okay.
2: Sometimes I think perhaps I'm so convincing that people think that the characters must be me, even when they're male.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. All right. I don't
2: don't know.
0: Novelist. Um, Now, we have uh, mentioned three different uh, books, and you have one that just came out. Last July, July 2022. And I asked you earlier if you would be willing to read something for us. Uh, I don't know what you've chosen from uh, which of your works. This might be a good time to share with the listeners.
2: Okay. I'm running across the room because I forgot. <laughs> Can you hear me running?
0: Yeah, that was a good visual.
2: Okay. Uh, let's see. Yes. Okay. I'm reading from uh, page 239 of "Droll Tales: "Ethe, everlasting way, azure way say, anquil irony way. Epres day, ethe, or hours play, indolently way, air fey. Ethe, overless pay, ot pay, O ams day, ishe, upiia say stop there. Um, that is from, that is from my uh, the uh, first and I believe only, uh, Pig Latin translation of Mallarmé's poem, *The Azure*.
0: That's le- that that is legitimately Pig Latin. Yes. Awesome. My
2: pronunciation is a little off. I'm not a native speaker, so. Forgive me for, for, for that, but yes, so there is one, the whole book is not in Pig Latin. There's one section that is, um, that is, in, that is a, a Pig Latin translation of Mallarmé's poem. Originally, I had wanted to do, and I had actually translated the entirety of, um, of Chekhov's The Lady with the Dog, into Pig Latin, but my publisher requested something shorter because it was making the book much more expensive to have so many pages of, of Pig Latin. But it sort of, I included that uh, against some people's advice because um, earlier, the, so this book, Droll Tales, is a collection of interrelated stories and the way that they interrelate is some of the characters overlap And some of the themes overlap and some of the locations overlap and there's echoes sort of like, it's a kind of a a shared world between the stories. So uh, in one of the early stories, one of the characters who is uh, in this story is named after me, a side character uh, says in passing to her friend, Jacob, that she is that she's been, having trouble writing lately, so she's been translating Chekhov into Pig Latin and eventually hopes to do all of these symbolists. And so then that's left there, uh, and then many, many pages later, there's the actual translation. Um, I was thinking of it as, you know, you know Chekhov's um, suggestion about writing that if there's a, a gun in the first act, it's, it better go off in, by the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's the gun going off in the third act,
3: beautiful
2: the, with the big Latin chapter.
0: Beautiful, and and this is the newest uh, book that you've released, just a, less than a year ago. Uh, if people want to pick up this or any other of uh, your books, I guess the regular places, or do you have a particular place you want to mention? They can find them.
2: Um, I would say the regular places. It's always not every town these days has a bookshop. But uh, a nice thing is bookshop.org. Uh, often they sort—they get their books from local stores. Uh, so if you want to get—if you want the convenience of getting something through the mail, but you don't want to necessarily go through Amazon, that's a good resource.
0: Excellent. Are you working on anything now? Are you still? Uh, so are you taking a break, or you, you're still trying to market the the Droll Tales?
2: I'm um, finishing a book of uh, of of poetry. Actually, most of them rhyme, and uh, just actually in the current issue of the New Yorker, I have a poem. It's called "Loss," um, so you can find that there if you're if you're interested. And so it's it's poems and rhyme with that rhyme because I, I like that. I'm trying to bring that back, and um, and uh, also uh, with original cartoons. I also draw cartoons.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, so. Which which week? Because this this uh, this episode will be broadcasting several different period uh, periods of time based on the you know, depending on the station when they when they syndicate it. Which uh, issue? Do you know the the date? I know it's a weekly.
2: It's in the April tenth issue.
0: April tenth. Gotcha. And
2: of course, it's available online with also audio of of me reading it aloud. If you um, like to listen rather than read. And um, and yeah, the new the new book, which hasn't come out yet, the book of poems, will be called "Raul Captured by Savages."
0: Excellent title. Thank you. Is that the title of a poem as well, or just totally separate? Uh,
2: it comes from a line. Uh, well, actually, not a, an actual line in the in a poem, but it's a reference to something that happens in the in in one of the poems. Um, it's a poem about. Uh, a woman ruminating on why a guy has not called or texted. Uh, it's a very long poem, and one of the things is, you know, she imagines. This happens in rhyme that maybe he was captured by uh, cannibals, and that's why he couldn't write back. And um, and maybe he um slipped and fell, or he was run over by a uh, a speeding par- parvenu while crossing Park Avenue. <laughs>
0: There's some humor in these poems, it seems.
2: Yes, they are. They are often often funny. They're sort of witty and, again, and melancholic and kind of Dorothy Parker and Dr. Seuss uh, were he to write for adults. And maybe, I guess, some people have suggested Philip Larkin. Um, if I can get, you know, people always ask for some kind of reference to to describe your work. So you get into that habit of constantly, you know, speaking in pitch letters. So forgive me for the comparison.
0: No, no, it helps. And, and I have to say, you know, I I am an, an avid reader of magazines. I love magazines. They're like little presents coming in the mail uh, that brighten my day. And I get the New Yorker, Harper's, you know, uh, several others. And oftentimes a poem will just totally change my my. Feeling for the day in a in a positive way, uh, and I appreciate that. And you're one of the people that do it, so thank you. thank you. Oh, it's valuable to me, you know, and I think to many many folks. And it's important for our culture. And I, that was this is going to be the last question I ask you. Talking again to Irish smiles, and um, I, I'm wondering when you reflect as an artist, as as a human being, citizen of the U, the U.S. What have you of the planet. And you look at art. You look at what you're doing. You look at what you're experiencing. How important is it all?
2: How important is art?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. I mean, this this touches on a, a source of great. Speaking of melancholy, um, sometimes I think, "What's the?" I get the "What's the point?" Uh, you know, "What's the point of any of it?" But then, um, like you said, I have about. Finding a poem and that sort of touching you, I have the same experience. That sometimes you know, there's so much, there's so much dross, there's so much, so many words out there, right? And so you can read a lot of stuff and think, "What's the? Why bother? Why bother adding more words to the world?" But then, uh, every once in a while, you you come across the real thing, and it just it you feel I feel connected, moved. And, and, and I, and suddenly I understand the world in a whole different way. And I actually feel a part of it. I guess I feel a part of that fellowship of the, of the sorrowful and I feel connected. So I think it's both, it could be everything, uh, art. Sometimes it's, it's absolutely vital and essential and uh, except for all of the non-essential stuff, you know, (laughs) uh so that's what i'm striving what i'm striving for when i'm when i'm writing i guess is to to you know to reach out and and touch touch other other people the way i've sometimes been moved and felt embraced by a work
0: nicely stated nicely said irish smiles thank you so much for being on troubadours and rock on tours i'm going to go right now and read your poem in the april 10th issue of the new yorker and uh it's been a joy talking with you thank you so much
2: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much.
0: Take care of yourself. You too. written by Irish Smiles, called Loss, published in the April 10th, 2023 edition of The New Yorker magazine. Loss. In a photo snapped before we met, you're smiling with no thought of yet. I wonder, could you not recall the future in that beach ball? You're holding it certainly just to the side. While behind you comes the coming tide, Umbrella, sky, and salty spume, In your sandcastle was there a room With a light carving out the night Where things that hadn't happened might? I mean, did you never think of me When looking at a Christmas tree Or at a turkey on Thanksgiving? Was there about it something missing? Or was the world, minus me, complete? Was it tidy and perfectly neat? Or was there a cloud in the sky you noticed missing and wondered why? On grade school trips to the zoo, was I never there with you? Did you never glimpse a face reflected in a museum case? Or speak aloud when all alone, the name of someone still unknown? And when in youth it rained and you ran, were you a lost and lonely man? Or were you always calm and content, knowing what the known world meant, simply shaking the drops from your coat after crossing the sand castle moat? Were you warm then, sure inside, the house you built before the tide? Or did you listen close and wonder, if that was me in the thunder. Were you listening for a knock in the ticking of the clock? Did you never feel a pang for a song you'd never sang? Did you still not miss me yet, the day before we finally met? Blossoms. My son Walt pointed out the white blossoms on a tree across the street from our home this morning. I was mostly still asleep. The sunrise was shining on him as he pointed me in the right direction. Natural springtime perfection. And there you have it, episode 519 of Troubadours and Tours. with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Iris Smiles, The New Yorker Magazine so these musical artists Thelonious Monk Jonathan Richman Julia Jacqueline The Etz The Cure George Gershwin Brantford Marsalis and Terrence Blanchard too and of course I would like to thank you for listening until next time Let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care of yourself.